0: You're listening to the Namely Marley podcast, episode number 49. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Namely Marley Podcast. I am your host, Marley. Thanks for joining me today. You know, the goal of this podcast is to focus on adding a little creative, healthy, and passion-filled living to your day every day. Today, I'm talking with Heather Nichols. She's author of the book, Protein from Plants. If you're vegan, I am sure you're very familiar with this question. It goes something like this, but where do you get your protein? Or if you're not vegan, but you've been thinking about it, that question has probably been on your mind. But where do I get my protein, right? Uh, it's a, it's very understandable. It's a protein is one of those areas that we can easily feel kind of overwhelmed about because it seems kind of simple on the you know surface level, right? But then when you kind of dig deeper into it, and you hear all these experts talking about it, it just you easily get very confused. Like, do I have to combine my proteins with complex carbohydrates or things like that? So I was really thrilled to have Heather on on the show today. You know, Heather took a deep dive into the topic of nutrition uh, when she became a holistic nutritionist, and then she went even deeper into this topic of protein and how we can get it from plants. I'm just curious if you think that sounds counterintuitive, the idea that we can get protein from plants. If that does sound kind of strange to you, just think for a moment about some of the biggest, strongest animals on the planet. Like, Elephants and cows and gorillas. Think about those animals. They're strong, they're big, but guess what? They get most of their protein from plants. So, if they can get protein from plants, then you know what? I think we can too. Heather explains that it's not really that hard to get protein from plants. In fact, if you're getting the right amount of calories, there's a very good chance you're also getting the right amount of protein. But there are a couple of things you need to know. And Heather gets into that in our discussion today. It's really great. She also dispels some myths around the topic of protein, for example, food combining. That's the one thing that we talk about. We also talk about protein powders. I think if you probably heard me on the podcast recently talk about uh, my kind of voyage into protein powders and uh, actually increasing the amount of protein in my diet. I ended up not feeling great with that. I just, I don't know, maybe feel kind of tired and heavy. And so I i still do some protein powders from time to time. I just don't make it a focus to get a certain large number of protein in my diet. In fact, Heather talks about that and says the range that's most appropriate for humans is to get around 10 to 20% of our calories from protein. So um, she said there's no scientific proof that going higher than that has actually any value to it. So So we talk about that. We also talk about the value of how uh, learning to eat right for your body can help your body heal from a lot of diseases, things like cardiovascular disease, um, high cholesterol. And for me, for example, things like irritable bowel syndrome, those are all uh, areas where you can have some personal impact by making good food choices. And then as a result, it impacts your health. We also talk about something that's been on my mind so much lately. It's so easy to feel discouraged about the way things seem to be going in the wrong direction. I'm talking about politically, I'm talking about the way, uh, you know, our government is making a lot of bad decisions. And it's easy to feel very down about these kinds of things. But then I remind myself, Uh, Yes, it's true. I don't have control over those things, except that I can vote for people. And I encourage everybody to go out and vote, uh, make your voices heard through that. But there are other ways that we can vote, which is through our dollars and the way we, we live our lives. And we all know that having a vegan diet has a big impact on our carbon footprint, our personal carbon footprint. And that's one of the reasons that I am vegan. I do think it has a big impact on the environment. And so even though there are these things that we don't have control of, Globally, we can as individuals make an impact. And I just feel like that kind of gives us some of our power back. It takes a little bit of the victimhood of all of this away from us and gives us some um, personal power. Uh, Another thing that Sean and I did is we started a compost bin in the backyard. Uh, That's just another way. I think whatever we can do to make an impact on our lives personally, I think it makes a big difference. As you may be able to tell, this was a very positive, impactful discussion today. I really enjoyed it, and I think you will too. So let's go straight to it. Here's today's feature interview with Heather Nichols. Hey, everyone. I'm happy to have Heather Nichols. She's a holistic nutritionist and author of the book, Protein from Plants, and she's on the show today. Hey, Heather, welcome to the Namely Marley podcast.
1: Hi, Marley. Thank you. It's so good to be here.
0: Well, I'm so glad to have you, and I am really looking forward to talking with you about your book and all this great stuff. Uh, you know, we've been running around in the same circles for years, and it's always a pleasure to get to talk with you. I was wondering if you could give everybody a little bit of background about yourself uh, before we get started.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm Canadian, so I trained at a school in Canada called the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, and. It was interesting because the school was not about vegan nutrition, but everything that I learned in that program, I applied to veganism. I was vegan before I started um, taking that course. So it was basically when I went vegan, I was really happy to go vegan. But then at a certain point, I realized, hmm, everybody keeps asking me these questions about how I'm getting nutrients and I don't really know how to answer. Um yeah. I was I kind of, you know, looked up articles and stuff like that to, to learn a little bit for myself. But at a certain point I felt like, hmm, maybe if I took if I took a course in nutrition, then I would understand everything and I have all the answers to all these questions yeah. people were asking me. Uh, so that was actually initially why yeah. I went into nutrition. And then because I enjoyed it so much and I found such a, a difference in myself in terms of digestion and energy levels and just basically having the confidence to know that I was perfectly healthy as a vegan, it made me want to share that information with others. So that was why I initially started uh, on this path of sharing my work on my blog and videos and now in a book.
0: It's so nice that there's a, a school that's providing information on nutrition that's also embracing you know, plant-based and vegan diets.
1: Yes, they like I said, the, the school was not focused on veganism itself, but it definitely had a lot of information about plant-based nutrition and about um, alternatives that you could use um, to, to be vegan and be perfectly healthy.
0: Got you, okay, that's cool. So tell me what was it that caused you to wanna go vegan, I'm curious.
1: Oh, initially my, my tipping point was when I learned about the environmental impacts of animal agriculture. There are obviously so many factors that go into the decision to make a change like that in your life but the tipping point for me was was the environmental factors um when i when i learned about how much of an impact i was having every single day i just could not contribute to that any longer
0: Yes. I you know, it's funny, I, I went into veganism and I kinda ended in that spot, but I started just because I thought it was really cool. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's why I decided to become vegetarian. I mean, I live in the Midwest of Missouri, so it's like you okay. know, yeah cow country here, uh-huh. right? So for me the idea of being vegetarian just seemed so cool and I wanted to be cool. <laughs> but then I started I think I read John Robbins' book, um, I can't even think of the name of it right now. The and, diet and for it talked,
1: small America
0: yeah I think I think that's it and and I was just so shocked to learn about the way animals are treated because I you know I grew up with my uncle had a farm and you know he treated his cows great. I just had no concept that animals were treated that way and and so it really inspired me to kind of continue on that progression so several years later I, I actually made the transition to vegan after that. but
1: mm. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we yeah. all start in one in one place usually, but the more you learn, the more you just can't ignore it and the more it becomes the only viable option, um, in going forward. I mean, when you, when you know about all of all of the different aspects, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of a no brainer at a certain point. It's so
0: true because I think like for me, um, you know, Sean and I were listening to a podcast earlier this week and, and they were talking about, um, milk and how some people will, no, well, I, it's not hurting the cow for me to drink the milk, but they don't realize it's it's part of that whole plan. It's already that, you know, the whole process of of how they, they treat milk cows is pretty terrible as well. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think the more you become informed, the more you realize, yeah, my choices do make a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what it comes down to is being able to make a difference. I recently heard a description of environmentalists as someone who is more interested in being selfless than in being selfish. And I think that trait carries so easily to veganism because we care about animals. We care about the planet. We care about the health of ourselves and the people around us. And it's about being that kind of person who is just a little bit more selfless than selfish, right?
0: Yes. I just love that. And you know what I really love about that too, is it kind of meets people where they are because I, you know, I I don't know if you've heard this, but there's kind of, there's a certain line of judgment that can happen. Some people, I I always feel like it's a, it's a spectrum, right? Where there are some people who are so far down that line that they kind of can be judgmental of people who are not as progressive as they are. And I, I really, really don't like that part of veganism. I, I think it's important that we meet people where they are and celebrate their progress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you can't be better at it than someone else. You just are who you are. And we're all making yes. the choices. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure we can have a whole other conversation on that topic. Um,
0: I, so I want I wanted to tell you that I love the title of your book because, you know, it's the question that we all have to deal with, right? Your book is about uh, protein getting protein from plants, right? And yet it's the, the big question everybody asks every time, you know, if, if they're thinking about becoming vegan or if they're, you know, curious about your veganism, it's like, where do you get your protein?
1: Yeah, I know. It's the endless question. It's perpetual. We get it all the time. Um, and we were talking a little bit before yes. we started recording the podcast that I actually first wrote this book. That It was the, the first thing I wrote, I think, when I started uh, blogging and, and being a nutritionist was I wrote about protein. Um, and it was because that was the top question that I get. Um, and actually, because I felt like so many people had answered this question so in depth. Um, I follow a lot of registered dietitians who are vegan, and a lot of people who are doing some really in depth work on research and. Uh, and all that in vegan nutrition, and I thought, well, you know, their their answer is so much more in-depth than mine, but then I also started seeing a lot of really simplified answers, um, basically saying, if you eat enough calories, you're getting enough protein. It's ridiculous to talk about how much protein you're getting, because there's no way you cannot get enough protein, and so Mm -hmm. that also kind of poked me a little in the side, just like, well, No, actually, there are a couple things you do need to know. I mean, it's not hard to get protein from plants, but there are a couple things that you probably should know. Um, And if we oversimplify it, then we might set people up for failure. And if they don't feel like they're getting all of the knowledge that they need Mm -hmm. to understand why they don't have to worry about getting enough protein, um, they might not be willing to try it. So that's kind of why I brought this book back. I expanded it, I added a ton of recipes was basically to, to show exactly why you do not have to worry. And exactly those few little things that you do need to know to make sure that your body gets everything you need.
0: I see. So there there can be this tendency to oversimplify it and therefore people will transition to the diet. And you know, if you just eat all pasta mm-hmm. all the time, I mean, I it's funny when I first went vegetarian, I actually ended up gaining weight because <clears throat> I think that's what I did. I was just eating carbs all yeah. day long that's not, it's not satisfying and it's, you know, it's, it tastes really good, but it, you know, it's not, it doesn't keep you full. And as a result, you know, I, I think I was hungrier more, but I, I got through that and I, I did learn about, you know, adding beans to my diet. I think for me, beans has been the best source of protein. Do you have a favorite source of protein? Oh goodness,
1: um, It's funny. That's actually the question I've been asking people uh, when they enter the giveaway <laughs> on my site right now. Um, no, I don't have a favorite source of protein. <laughs> They're all good. There are so yes. many.
0: Okay, so what, what to you are the, are the plants that have the, the best source of pro- protein um, out there?
1: Well, again, I, I probably wouldn't say best, but one of, probably one of the most important things for vegans or potential vegans to be aware of is that there are different proteins in different foods. And so that idea of protein combining, while it's not necessary in each meal— it is important overall in our diet over the course of 48 hours to get some beans, some grains. Um, quinoa is another good balancing one. Basically, it's the amino acid lysine is the one that's most often low in plant-based diets because there are, there are more foods that are low in lysine than there are foods that are high in lysine. Beans and legumes and quinoa are, are some that are high in lysine.
0: Can you so, talk about lysine? Sure,
1: it's, it's just an amino acid. Um, so it's one of several that our body needs to be healthy and, and produce all of the cells and, and components of our bodies that we need. Um, and so lysine is an essential amino acid, which means our body doesn't produce it itself. We need to get it from our food mm-hmm. and it's present in all kinds of different plant foods. But what happens is in like say in brown rice, there is lysine in there. There's just not quite as much as we need in proportion to the other amino acids. And so beans have more lysine than we need in proportion to the other am- amino acids. So it's totally possible to get enough. We just have to make sure we're eating different foods over the course of a couple days.
0: I see. I, I mean, think if you look at a lot of ethnic foods, there is that combination of, of complex carbs with you know, something like beans seems like it's just, you know, all throughout ethnic. Yeah, throughout.
1: totally. And, and there was this concept of protein combinations, or food combining, um, that, yeah. that has been disproven in a meal itself. So like, you don't have to sit down to a plate of rice and beans every single day, <laughs> or every single meal. Um, but you do need to get those various foods over the course of 48 hours for your body to have the amino acids that it needs to be healthy spices also contribute a lot of those amino acids and help round nice. out the protein that we're getting from from the other foods that we're eating so yeah spices can make a really important part of uh of getting the amino acids that we need
0: you mean like things like chili powder yeah cumin like that?
1: coriander turmeric ginger those are all um in indian foods the indian spices are um, are quite rich in the various amino acids
0: what about things like cinnamon? Does that, that in that group as
1: well? Yes. Cinnamon has a tiny little bit of protein, probably not as much as you would find in cumin and coriander. Um, but you know, still a little bit, see, that's the thing. That's, that's where people wind up oversimplifying is that everything does have protein in it. All foods do have protein. And if we eat enough calories, we are probably getting enough protein.
0: Can you make that argument, though, about you know, in general, like, okay, so it doesn't really have to be about the protein. It really could just be about eating a balanced plant-based oh, diet, absolutely. right?
1: And when I'm eating through the day, I'm not thinking about protein all the time. And I think that's that's why I wanted to write this book is that Yeah. this is exactly all the information and why I don't think about it all the time. This is why I don't have to worry about it all the time.
0: Because you already you know what you're you're trying to get like you've kind of created a roadmap and you don't mind if you diverge a little bit but you know where you're going yeah
1: and it's kind of like the proof that if you eat a balanced and varied diet that you are getting all the protein that you need
0: ah uh, yes but I do think there there is this um, I think what I'm hearing you say is you know the more we probably can cut out refined foods uh, and the more we can uh, you know stick with kind of these plant based whole foods. Probably the, the easier it is to, to know that you're getting those proteins yeah, that you need. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: What about pr- protein powders? Do you do protein powders? Protein powders.
1: I have a whole chapter in the book on protein powders. Um, I do use them sometimes. I haven't actually for probably about a year uh, just because of not very good access at the moment. <laughs> but um, <laughs> But yeah, there are some lovely plant based protein powders that are processed in a way that's not um, like overly refined or anything like that. And that include a lot of really cool supplements like antioxidants and and greens powders and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, omega-3s, yeah. digestive uh-huh. enzymes, like all these cool things that add up to make a very digestible and available source of protein, particularly for people who are athletic, um, who who might otherwise turn to, like, say, whey protein. But there are these plant-based protein powders that are a wonderful alternative that give you everything that you need as an athlete and also, you know, give you a little boost in some certain areas, like with the greens powders and such.
0: Yes. I, I had read somewhere that, you know, we should be getting – I don't know, so many grams of protein every day. So I was supplementing with the protein powders, of course, vegan Mm -hmm. protein powders. But I found that when I focused on getting such a high, I want to say it was something like 40 to 50 grams, maybe even higher of protein a day. And when I focused on that and I was, you know, I was having protein shakes throughout the day even, I did not feel as good, at least for me personally. I don't think having a really high protein level makes me feel good.
1: Yeah, I think there's also this this idea that I don't quite understand that if people are talking about something as high protein, they automatically think that it's healthy, um, where the amount of protein is just the amount of protein that you're getting. I mean, it doesn't make it any more or less healthy uh, just because it's high in protein, you know, and and just adding protein for no particular reason also isn't necessarily healthy. Our metabolism works on a balance of protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And if we throw that balance too far out of our normal range, there are going to be some, some consequences. And, and feeling a little bit icky is probably like a very uh, general way of saying that.
0: Do you go into that in your book about, you know, what that range would look like? Uh, I, I know it's got to be hard to have a single range that would, you know, <laughs> support millions of people. I'm just curious if there you know, like women maybe have one range or, or is there a range of protein we should be looking at. Yes, for?
1: absolutely. I definitely go into that in the book. Um, it's it's like the, there are multiple equations that you can look at. And so I go through how to calculate all of those for each person. Um, as kind of trying to explain it in a succinct way, um, there's a calculation that you can do to come up with the amount of calories or the amount of energy that you need for the day. And then protein is a percentage of your energy needs. And the range for that has been found to be accurate for 95% of people is 10 to 20% of your calories from protein. Um, I know there are some people who aim to go higher than that, but there is no, uh, there's no scientific proof that I've seen that gives any reason um, or proof behind the idea that there might be benefits to that. Uh, Even, you know, I hear a lot of it in terms of weight loss that people think um, that going to like 25, 30% Mm -hmm. protein is gonna be helpful to lose weight. But all of the studies that have been done don't show that there's any benefit above 20% of your calories from protein. So there's no needs, new need to you know, max out on, on protein. Um, and then the other calculation is in terms of body weight. So you can uh, determine how many grams of protein you should be getting based on your body weight. And that amount pretty much always winds up within that range of 10 to 20% of calories. So they usually sync up. Yes. And then there's also an average, you know, just a, a basic average amount for for typical women or typical men.
0: So in other words, on some days the average might be that on some days you might get more and some days you get less and then it, it balances out to between between 10 and 20%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's good. I think I think um, you know with apps like My Fitness Pal, it's easy to put in your the food that you've eaten, and it can kind of track. I love that it tracks you know protein, breaks down mm. protein and fat and things like that for you. Yeah, so. absolutely.
1: Those are handy, and I find those good to do on a on an occasional basis for like a week or something, yes. so you can kind of get an average of where you are, yeah. um, and then you know not obsess about it and do it every single week, but get it as like a baseline of of where you are and how you're doing every so often, I think is, is a cool thing to do.
0: Cause you coach, you coach people on nutrition, yes. is that right? So you've probably have seen, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, my, my thought is, are people coming to you mostly about weight loss or are there other issues they're, they're coming to you about as well?
1: Yeah, actually not very many people come to me specifically for weight loss. Um, it might be like a side goal, but usually the main goal that people are working towards is they want to go vegan, and they want to figure out how they can get the nutrients that they need Uh, or they might have digestive issues or something like that or like their their doctor has told them that they should go vegan or eat more plant-based because they've had some you know cardiovascular test or blood sugar test and they've recommended to their client or to their patient that they go search search out a, a nutritionist that can help them eat more plant-based. So that's really exciting. That
0: is. I would. I wish there were more doctors that would do things like that.
1: I know, right? It's pretty cool.
0: I know. I can't tell you how many people I talk to, you know, not in the course of a day, but let's say in the course of a month that might talk about some health issue that they're having. And I, I asked them, does their doctor talk to them about their diet? And it never happens, at least in the people I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fine line though, right? Because um, as a nutritionist, I can't I can't heal anything. You know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a healer. I'm a nutritionist, I can tell you what to eat. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's wonderful to see the effect of what you eat can have on how your body, um, how your body goes through its, its normal processes. So people who, who have had these tests done and, and they're starting to see cardiovascular markers, you know, it, it can be impacted Quite significantly from what they eat, um, but I obviously can't mm-hmm. say that I'm I'm healing it or anything. We're we're helping them eat the things that are going to help their body heal itself.
0: Yes, that's what I was thinking. Is that they're eat you're you're guiding them to eat the things that can help their body heal.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's so much to be said for our diet and the impact it can have on our bodies. And you know, for example, um, in this podcast that we were listening to, they were talking. Uh, particularly about dairy, I believe it was the Ritual podcast and I think he had uh, Dr. Neil Bernard on the show who was talking about his new Mm. book. And he Mm -hmm. was talking about the connection actually between dairy and diabetes. And I don't know that a lot of people know that that connection exists.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: So I think it's just kind of another example about, you know, exploring our diets as a way of healing ourselves can be huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing to see the difference that it can make in people's lives. You know not even just in terms of helping them with with those kinds of issues but just in terms of feeling like they have control over something feeling like they have some kind of power back um yes and and i mean not just in terms of health right we started off by by chatting about how we can have this power for the planet and for the lives of animals like it's it's so empowering on so many levels
0: You know, I love that because, you know, uh, it is easy to feel disempowered by watching the events of things that are going on in this world. And, you know, we we want to, like, I imagine you and I are on the same page. I'd love to see solar panels on every roof of this country. And I, I want to, I, I wish we could just like, you know, make huge changes. There's just so much that we could be doing that would just would be moving our country forward and, and the world forward if, if everybody was involved with this kind of activity. But it's frustrating to see the wheels of progress moving so slowly. But then I remind myself. I can do these things for my own life. Like we just uh, got a compost pile and we put that in the backyard and, Mm -hmm. and you know, we're, we're new to it. We're still figuring it out, but it's still, it's just exciting to think about the things that I can do in my own life and the difference that that can have.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever I get depressed reading news um, or, you know, seeing even in, 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 Canada, I mean, a lot of us are looking A lot of a lot of people in the world are looking to Canada as kind of an example at the moment. But I mean, there are so many things happening in Canada that are not what I want to see happening. Um, And so whenever I feel a little bit dejected about (laughs) the direction Mm -hmm. that politics is heading uh, and and government leaders that um, that I can take action in my own life is, you know, that's that's where I take comfort. And that's where I get really excited and, and really excited about helping people see that and and make that yes. change happen in their own life
0: yes because you know making those changes like with your diet uh, you know within but the things that you do around your house as far as the environment is concerned but you know i think the less you're buying meat the less you're supporting that industry that's really cool yeah
1: absolutely definitely
0: and i always like i would you know back to the topic of protein because you know it's your book and it's also <laughs> such an important topic but you know People always ask that question, where do you get your protein? But then, you know, I want to ask that, you know, I know that people have said this before too, but look at the cow. The cow does not eat meat and they grow (laughs) big and strong.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Cows, gorillas, elephants. Yes. They're all herbivores. Yes. So yeah, we can definitely get all the protein that we need from plants. It's, um, and
0: gorillas, they're like one of the strongest animals on the planet.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, if I can, if I can yes. take that objection out of the equation, if that opens up the door to veganism to more people, then that's that's really what what the goal is here with this book.
0: Yes, absolutely. So tell me about the recipes that are in your book. What what kind of recipes can people expect?
1: Uh, I've got a whole um, variety of recipes that span you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts, because I also have some meal plans in the book. So I put together seven full days worth of meal plans so that people can see exactly how to put together a day that will give all the protein and nutrients that you need uh, to be healthy as a vegan. So there are seven different breakfasts, more than seven different lunches and dinners because I got a little crazy on the lunches and dinners. (laughs) Um, I also put in some really quick grab snacks because that was something that I kept getting asked about was um, snacks that people can just grab and go to make sure that they get a little bit of protein in the middle of the afternoon. Um, Because as you were talking about um, carbs, carbs are wonderful. I love carbs, Um, but they do digest faster than proteins or fats. So Mm -hmm. if you if you only eat a, a carb-based lunch, you're probably gonna get really hungry mid-afternoon. Um, and so if you can boost the protein content of your lunch, it'll last longer. And then if you get a, a little snack mid-afternoon that has some protein in it, and think like carrots and hummus, like that's that's a really good mid afternoon protein rich snack. Um, then it can it can help carry you through for the rest of the day. Um, so so those are kind what of about the- my
0: favorite snack. Yeah, my favorite snack is um, raw almonds with combined with some like bittersweet dark chocolate. Is that is that Ooh, a good protein boost?
1: Nice, I like it. Yes, yes. I would totally do that.
0: <laughs> it, it really hits my sweet tooth, but in a way, you know, the, the thing about bittersweet chocolate I think is it's kind of rich, so you can't eat a lot of it. And yeah. combining that with almonds, just like ah, oh, that's perfect.
1: Oh yeah, so good. And then you get kind of like the idea of chocolate colored almonds. But without, um, as yes. much with the, they put like, um, what is it, confectioner's glaze or something. I don't even know what that is, but but that's on the outside of the chocolate almonds. So I like, uh-huh. I like making my own too, just kind of in my mouth. Just throw some almonds in there, throw yes. some chocolate in there and crunch it up. And it's so good.
0: It's so funny that you said that because we, maybe, maybe I brought this up because it's on my mind, but I just made chocolate covered almonds for the site. We're going to have the recipe on the site, but we, oh, cool. I use date sugar in the, in the cocoa powder and that worked out really well.
1: Oh, nice. Date sugar. Yeah. I haven't experimented too much with date sugar, but I like, I like the concept.
0: Yes. I like it. It's natural. It's all natural. It's just uh, dates that have been dehydrated and, and so that's all it is. Just dates. Yeah. It's really good.
1: Very cool. Very cool.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't melt, or it doesn't like. You know how uh, sugar will dissolve. It doesn't dissolve like that, obviously, because it's a, a whole food. But right, um, it's, it's a great alternative sweetener. And coconut sugar is another one that I'll use too.
1: Yes, I like coconut sugar. Sorry, as well. I didn't mean to
0: change the subject to sugar. Here we are <laughs> talking about protein. <laughs>
1: no worries. Well, there are um, there are some recipes in the back of the book that are desserts. Um, some of them use dates only and like whole foods. And I think there are, I think the cookies, I used some coconut sugar. I've got some quinoa cookies where you use, um, like cooked quinoa along with the the flour and and everything else that's going on in there. So those, those are one of my favorite ones to make.
0: Is the book gluten-free or does it have gluten-free options?
1: It is mostly gluten-free. I'm trying to think. Think. I don't I don't use a lot of glutinous grains in general um, and if there is one that's used I'm pretty sure I gave a gluten-free option
0: um, nice
1: yeah
0: that's good I think that's another I mean for me personally that's an area that I find if I eat less gluten I, I feel better
1: mm, mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. interesting because gluten is a gluten is the protein in wheat um, ah yes. So that's why, like seitan, is made of of the gluten because that's like the protein component of the wheat.
0: That's why it probably resembles. They call it wheat meat, right? Or, or yeah. they call it wheat meat, right? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. probably why it's the protein part of the wheat.
1: Yeah, and mm. and proteins are usually what trigger allergic reactions. So that's why there's, um, that's why there's so many uh, allergies at the moment for gluten. It's it you know it's. It's very pervasive in culture, wheat. Um, it's, it's in so many things that people are eating. And that, that protein is the one that usually causes the reaction.
0: Interesting. So that's why peanut butter is oftentimes a common allergy? Or um, peanuts, I should say.
1: Peanuts, actually, the allergen is often the mold in peanuts. Really? Um, yeah.
0: I did not know there was mold in peanuts. It's just maybe the way they're processed?
1: I think it's the way they're grown, they are they're prone to a certain type of mold called aflatoxin, and that's that's often the one that that triggers allergic reactions. I mean, it's not always. There are people who are just allergic to right. peanuts, uh, and then it could be the protein in peanuts. Um, but but the mold is also. Big, I think
0: I could have an IV of peanut butter. I just love that stuff so much. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and that's and I I just take comfort in the fact of knowing that it's a great source of protein.
1: Too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, a lot of people actually don't realize that peanut butter and peanuts are higher protein than most other nuts and seeds because they're actually legumes. So they're in the family of like beans and lentils. Um, so their protein content is higher than almonds, say, wow. or cashews or whatever. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, they are a really good really good source of protein.
0: Oh, excellent! I I'm just so excited. I feel like uh, this is a great book for people. I think they're going to really enjoy. Um, you know, learning from a nutritionist that has expertise in, uh, veganism and plant-based and, and just, you know, I think if, if you have any concerns at all about, you know, am I going to get the right nutrients on a vegan diet? You know, I feel like this book is going to lay all that aside.
1: Awesome. Well, I hope so. Certainly in terms of protein, um, the, (laughs) Doing a book called Protein from Plants has now opened my mind to the possibility of hmm, maybe I should do calcium from plants or like <sighs> iron from plants or something
0: like that. I love it. That's a great idea. <laughs> Especially calcium. That's a huge one. That's a, that's I, We can't wait for your next book now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So I love to ask fun questions at the end of the interview. Sure.
1: I am always up for fun questions.
0: Okay, cool. So what's one food item you can't live without?
1: Chocolate,
0: <laughs> you and me, girl. <laughs> Definitely chocolate. Any any kind of chocolate?
1: Um, no. I have some specific chocolates that I really, really enjoy. Oh, um, this! I want to hear it. Yeah, probably the one that I have most often because um, the the grocery stores where I live are not. They don't have a huge selection of vegan um, fair trade chocolates. And so the one that I get most often is probably the um, Endangered Species. And I usually get the bat one, the one with cocoa nibs. I like the, the combination of the chocolate with the little crunchy bits. Yes. Um, but then whenever I go to visit my brother in Brooklyn and I go to Whole Foods and I, like, freak out at the chocolate <laughs> selection that they have there, uh-huh. um, one of my favorites there is the Alter Eco with the little toasted quinoa bits in it.
0: Oh, yes.
1: That one's really tasty. Yes.
0: Something about the combination of the creamy chocolate with that that crunchy is so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. (laughs) I'm actually heading to New York on Thursday, so now I'm dreaming about it.
0: (laughs) It, It'll be a fun fun reward. (laughs)
1: I'll probably come back with about 10 bars of chocolate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would do, too. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) Okay, if you could only listen to one band or um, music group or, or singer the rest of your life, who would that be?
1: Oh, wow. That's a much harder question.
0: I like hard questions.
1: <laughs> my My mind is pretty much only going to the Tragically Hip right now. I've been listening to a lot of them lately because it was recently okay. Canada Day. Um, and because the lead singer is... Um, is quite sick at the moment and um oh. so I've been kind of like binge listening to Tragically Hip and they have such a wide range of music that I feel like I could definitely listen to them for a really long time.
0: Oh, that's I don't think I know that this band. I think I have heard one song from oh, them. Oh, they're Canadian. I,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, okay,
1: got they you. They are huge in Canada and uh not not many people outside of Canada have heard of them.
0: I want to say that I did see them featured somewhere where I, where is it possible they were on the late night with Stephen Colbert or something oh, cool. like that? It's
1: definitely possible.
0: Yeah. I think I did I did it's either that or they were featured on Amazon. I I listen I have Amazon Prime so I I have their music. Gotcha. App. I don't know. I it just sounds slightly familiar. I'm going to have to check them out though. It sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're they're definitely cool. I'm uh... And now I'm racking my brain trying to think if there's someone more global. I don't know. I think I'm just going to stick with that. Tragically, I yeah.
0: I like it. That's a good one. Okay. My last question. What inspires you?
1: People. People inspire mm. me. Um, seeing what people can do. Seeing the kindness that people show to each other. Um, and just talking with people. So, like, right now, talking with you, I have this high mm. going. Um, just, just from you being... Did interacting with you and sharing ideas and, and just having fun. That's what inspires me. Yes.
0: You know, I love that because I think it's so easy to, um, it feels like we hear a lot about the negative traits of people. Like, um, we, we see it in the news all the time, or maybe we're out and about and somebody cuts us off in traffic or whatever. And it's easy to like, let that kind of create our, our scenario for all people. But we know that that's not true and you're right. It's so good to have these interactions to remind us that, mm-hmm. you know, it's so, you know, we should love one another and be there for each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. This has been so inspiring. Um, So let's just move on. How can people find you online?
1: Uh, they can find me on my website. So Heather um, Or also my other website is veganook can com. you spell that uh, heather nichols is h e a t h e r n i c h o l d s dot com and they can find the book on veganook.com that's vegan with an o o k on the end um, and the that's where the the protein book is hanging out
0: and what about social media social
1: media i'm at heather nichols n-i-c-h-o-l-d-s on Twitter, on, on all the Facebook, things. Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. I don't know where else. All over the place. Everywhere. Wherever I can keep <laughs> up with.
0: <laughs> Heather, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I had a wonderful uh, time. Thank
1: you so much for having me. It's been honestly a huge pleasure and I love uh, love connecting. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks to Heather Nichols for being my guest on today's episode of the Namely Marley podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, just head over to the show notes page at NamelyMarley.com forward slash podcast. You can also sign up for the newsletter. So you'll be the first to hear about exciting things coming your way. Hey, you know, I hope you're loving the Namely Marley podcast. Please take a moment to head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. You can also share about this episode with your friends and family on social media, or you can share about it on your own blog or podcast. All of these things make a big impact for this podcast and really help us grow our audience. And I really appreciate it a lot. So until next time, may health and happiness come your way today.